Hello, my name is Thomas Riker, and welcome to my one-time pod episode, which will be dealing with the USA Patriot Act and the debate surrounding privacy versus security. Imagine you're a new immigrant in America, and you're pursuing your American dream, when, in the blink of an eye, that dream is threatened. Rana Nassar, owner of Curry in a Hurry, doesn't have to imagine. In 1998, I established a restaurant in Salt Lake City, Utah, called Curry in a Hurry. My wife and I are Pakistani, and we wanted to bring a Pakistani and Indian restaurant to Salt Lake City that served healthy food quickly. However, on September 13, 2001, a man named James Michael Herrick attempted to burn down our beloved restaurant as a way to get back at us for the terrible attacks that happened in New York City and Washington, D.C. just two days ago, simply because we look just like the perpetrator. After the September 11th attacks, there was a drastic rise in hate crimes perpetrated against Arab and Muslim Americans, spiking from 28 in 2000 to 481 in 2001, according to the FBI's Uniform Crime Reporting Program. Simply put, these attacks shook America to its core. Carried out by the terrorist group Al-Qaeda, these attacks were responsible for the deaths of 2,977 people and is the deadliest terrorist attack in human history. Four planes were hijacked, two were crashed into the Twin Towers, one into the Pentagon, and the fourth, bound for Washington, D.C., crashed in a field in Pennsylvania, the hijacking overthrown. These attacks led to a war on terror, both domestically and internationally. Relevant for this podcast, though, is the passage of the USA Patriot Act, an acronym which stands for Uniting and Strengthening America by providing the appropriate tools required to intercept and obstruct terrorism. Passed in October of the same year, just a mere 45 days after the attacks and by an overwhelming majority, this act had some very important provisions that greatly expanded the government's power. For example, Section 215 expands the government's ability to look at specific records, such as phone, finance, or medical, held by third parties. And Section 213 allows the government to conduct searches and wiretaps without alerting the owner first. Under the Patriot Act, the government can demand information about anyone and can demand it from any entity. The Patriot Act was divisive for a number of reasons, with two main sides taking shape. On one hand, there are people who believed in enhanced surveillance and interference. Obviously, the death of thousands of Americans and the decimation of billions of dollars worth of infrastructure weighed heavily on the rest of America, so catching terrorists should be given top priority. The government must continue to act in the interest of national security, and if that means sacrificing some of our other rights, then so be it. The government's top priority should always be protecting its citizens' lives and it should do so at all costs. As stated in the Declaration of Independence, it is the government's job to guarantee to its citizens life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. But it should be guaranteed in that order, and some liberties may be sacrificed in order to guarantee the right of life. However, a second approach also developed, one that was against the Patriot Act and all of its provisions. This side argued that the Patriot Act expanded the government's power too much and heavily infringed upon every citizen's guaranteed rights. For example, 
the Patriot Act allowed for warrantless searches and surveillance of U.S. citizens without probable cause for criminal activity, both of which violate the Fourth Amendment. And it authorizes the FBI to conduct investigations just because a citizen exercised his or her right to free speech, an obvious violation of the First Amendment. The U.S. Constitution is a document which the U.S. holds sacred and should never be undermined. Obviously, these are two very disparate positions, yet both of them have logical arguments and it really boils down to which you find most compelling. This podcast, however, is going to move away from those arguments and into the effects of the Patriot Act, specifically on regular American citizens. Aside from the few provisions mentioned above, the Patriot Act also does a couple more things. Chiefly, it allows the CIA specifically to spy on American citizens. It gives the Director of Central Intelligence the power to identify domestic intelligence requirements, thereby opening the door for the CIA to abuse their power, similar to the 1970s, in which they spied on protest groups and other Americans. In fact, my senior year AP English language teacher experienced this surveillance firsthand. I'll let her tell the story. Every so often, the CIA would release a list of normal, average words that were allegedly used by terrorists in their secure messages. I decided to find out what were to happen to someone should they use and subsequently publish these words in an online article or blog post. This might seem like a silly endeavor, but the scope of the government, which is in my opinion far too wide, has always interested me. I'm personally very much against large-scale government surveillance, and the Patriot Act literally enables that, but I digress. So back to the story, I wrote a blog post using some words from the CIA list, such as soccer, cloud, ball, sky, and a handful of other words. I don't remember exactly how many days after the post, but there was one day where I left the school parking lot and turned on to one of the side streets to take the same exact route that I take every day home. I did not realize it right away, but as I turned away, a dark blue sedan turned on and began to follow me. So the school that I work at is in Buffalo, but I live on Grand Island, which means that I have roughly a 45-minute commute home every day. As I got off the highways and entered the neighborhoods, I started to realize this car was following me. I got home, went inside, and looked out the window. It was parked down the street on the other side of the street that my house was. The next morning, as I went out to my car, I saw multiple sets of footsteps circling my house and my motion sensor light on my garage had been unplugged. I never called anyone because I believed that my phones were tapped. This continued for a week, but after a while, they realized I was no terrorist and went away. Even still, the fact that this happened is terrifying and is partly why my trust in the government is so low. And that's my story. It was so easy for the government to find her information, including where she lived and where she worked. That is obviously a very terrifying reality, and she was not the only one to experience something similar. To understand this, I want to briefly mention what are known as national security letters, also known as NSLs. NSLs are issued without a judge's approval and give the FBI access to personal information such as phone and computer records along with credit and banking history, thereby turning regular citizens into suspects. Out of the 192,499 NSLs issued between 2003 and 2006, only one 
led to a terror-related conviction, which would have occurred without the Patriot Act. When an NSL is issued, your information is saved forever. Furthermore, the Patriot Act actually prohibits Americans who receive the, these NSLs from telling anyone, something known as a gag order. Additionally, between 2003 and 2005, the FBI made 53 reported criminal referrals to prosecutors as a result of 143,074 NSLs, zero of which were actually for terrorism. The Patriot Act also disproportionately affected Muslim Americans and those of Arab descent, many filing complaints because of treatment from government officials. In some cases, some large financial institutions blacklisted Muslim account holders only because their names matched some on a large government list. The Patriot Act's vagueness has also caused some misinterpretations leading to airport profiling and verbal and physical abuse. Overall, the Patriot Act, as seen in the first-hand experience and some of these statistics, was very effective in invading the privacy of American citizens, yet less so at catching terrorists. In the wake of the Patriot Act and the government surveillance it legalized, there arose one man, Edward Snowden, proving that the U.S. government spied on millions of Americans. Since then, however, the U.S. remains largely unchanged. So I'll leave you with one question. Could this infringement on the constitutional rights and breach in private security happen again? Could the U.S. government again pass a law without consulting its citizens that would violate the Constitution and expose its citizens' data? Only time will tell. Thank you.